It's time for the most interactive radio program in Las Vegas today. It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now Pushing the Limits, here's Brian Shapiro. What's up, everybody? It is Pushing the Limits time. So glad you could join us on a very nice, beautiful Halloween day. Yes, it is October 31st. No more Halloween parties for me. I'm kind of Halloween partied out. But uh, we got a big show lined up for you today, man. We got some great guests I'm really excited about and uh, a lot to get to, as we always do on this show. Coming up here in just a few minutes, we're going to be joined by a man who used to be the Clark County Republican chair. Uh, he's going to be sitting in this chair on my right today. Uh, his name is Dave Gibbs. He's the president of the Nevada Republican Club. Uh, he also ran for Congress. I've heard a lot about him. I just met him in the uh, in the lobby, and uh, he's going to be joining uh, us in studio here in a few minutes, so I'm really looking forward to that, and I know we'll have a really good conversation. Uh, coming up in hour number two, what a disaster for Josh McDaniels and the Raiders. Garoppolo was absolute trash yesterday. And uh, what better person to talk about that than the man who wrote an article uh, criticizing Garoppolo? I just read the article. Really good. Scott Gully Gulbertson from the Silver and Black Today podcast will be joining us in hour number two. Listen, Vivek Ramaswamy has come on this show. I've interviewed him. Is he a smart guy? Sure. He's well-spoken. Uh, I don't think he should ever be anywhere involved with politics. I've always felt that way about Vivek. But he's now taking it to a new level. He did an interview with Pierce Morgan and we're talking about Ukraine, or at least they were talking about Ukraine. And Vivek has alluded to this before, but now Vivek Ramaswamy is basically saying that he wants to give stolen land to the evil, murderous dictator Vladimir Putin. And that's how we would end the war, which is absurd. Have a listen to this exchange. I would freeze the current lines of control. What do you mean? I mean? What does that mean? These are Russian-speaking regions that are occupied today. You would literally give Putin what he's stolen. You Only. Would give, you would give I'm not, guy. You I'm just, not giving him anything. I'm giving him a did, deal. What did you describe him as to It's me again? conditioned. What did you call Putin? He's an evil dictator. You give an so evil dictator. So are countless others. Land he's stolen by killing people. You would give him the land. Pierce, I'm not going to give him anything. I'm giving him a deal. You just said you'd give him the whole... Sound. I'm not going to give him. That's your word, not mine. I'd give him a deal. No, that's not... His word, Pierce Morgan's word, not Vivek. That's exactly what you're doing, Vivek. You moron. You clown. You don't reward an evil, murderous dictator no matter what he gives you back. Vladimir Putin went into Ukraine, killed innocent civilians, raped women, beheaded people, and stole land, or at least attempting to steal land, from Ukraine, and Vivek is saying, we'll give you some of that land, just back off. You're basically telling an evil, murderous dictator, it's okay to invade another country and kill a bunch of innocent civilians because we'll make a deal with you. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life, and the fact that Vivek is even thinking like this is beyond dangerous, it's ignorant, and it goes to show you that Nikki Haley was absolutely right in a debate stage when she told him you have no idea what you're talking about when it comes to foreign affairs. Basically, you're an imbecile, and that's what Vivek Ramaswamy is. He's an imbecile. Imagine, for example, if members of Al-Qaeda came into the United States of America and wanted to steal a state. I'm just using this as an analogy. And we were at war with Al-Qaeda, and politicians in this country said, you know what? We'll give Al-Qaeda part of New York City as long as they back off. That's exactly what Vivek Ramaswamy is saying that he would do when it comes to the Ukraine-Russian war. It's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's an embarrassment. And Vivek Ramaswamy should be absolutely ashamed of himself. Then what we had yesterday was uh, Jean-Pierre held a press conference and Peter Ducey, as I like to call him Peter Douchey, because that's what he is. He just shows up to these press conferences, tries to get Jean-Pierre in these gotcha questions, and sometimes they're embarrassing questions. And the topic was the Israel-Palestinian conflict and anti-Semitism, which is going on all over the country, by the way. It's, it's despicable what's going on in this country. 
where you have students at universities across the country that are tearing down these posters that are showing innocent Israelis that have been kidnapped. It doesn't matter whether it's an innocent Palestinian or an innocent Israeli. Nobody should be taking down those posters. We've got anti-Semitism you know, running rampant across this country. And Ducey asks this question in this press conference to Jean-Pierre um, in regards to anti-Semitism. Have a listen to this exchange. Doesn't Biden think the anti-Israel protesters in this country are extremists? What I can say is what we've been very clear about this. When it comes to anti-Semitism, there is no place. We have to make sure that we speak against it very loud uh, and be uh, and be very clear about that. Remember, what the president decided to, when the president decided to run for president is what he saw in Charlottesville in 2017 when we, he saw uh, neo-Nazis marching down the streets of Charlottesville uh, with vile anti-Semitic uh, just hatred. And he was very clear then and he's very clear now. Uh, he's taken actions against this over the past two years and he's continued to be clear. There is no place, no place for this type of vile and despite, despite this, this kind of rhetoric. Okay, so everything she just said there makes completely 100% sense if you have an IQ over 20. But some of the alt-right morons out there are saying, oh my God, she's comparing Charlottesville with just peaceful anti-Israel protesters? No, she's not. That's a lie. And if you go on social media, you'll hear all these or at least see all these right-wing radical Republicans that are lying. That's not what she's doing. And by the way, some of these anti-Israel protesters are pro-Hamas. Let's be very clear on that. If you're pro-Hamas and you defend genocide and Hamas going into Israel, burning babies alive, beheading people, raping women, and then killing them. If you defend that sort of stuff, then yes, I would say you're probably no better than your typical white supremacist like those that were in Charlottesville. But Republicans, some of them that are on social media, don't quite understand that. They don't get it. Yes, not everybody that is anti-Israel is anti-Semitic. Not everybody. I wouldn't say that. But a lot of these protesters out there that are anti-Israel refuse to call out the terrorist organization that is known as Hamas. If you refuse to call out a terror group, a terrorist organization, or refuse to call out white supremacy, you're all in the same. You're a bigot and your heart is full of hatred. I don't know what else to tell you. But Republicans, some of them on social media, are trying to attack Jean-Pierre for making what I would consider a very fair and legitimate statement that the president of the United States, Joe Biden, is all against any type of hatred. It could be anti-Muslim. It could be anti-Israel, whatever the case may be. And she was very clear with what she said. But Republicans today are trying to find a way to sizzle up at Jean-Pierre. Oh, I can't believe she compared this to that. You're all a bunch of right-wing clowns is what you are. All right, here's what we're going to do, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to take a quick break. And I'll ask our next guest about this. Uh, his name is Dave Gibbs. He's the president of the Nevada Republican Club. He's ran for Congress. Um, and uh, he was the former uh, Clark County chair as well for the Republican Party. So certainly a lot to get to with him. Donald Trump, we're going to talk about uh, Speaker Johnson. Uh, we'll talk about his criticisms about the Joe Biden administration. Certainly I want to hear that. The Israel-Palestinian conflict. A lot to get with uh, Mr. Dave Gibbs when we come back. We'll take a quick break. And we'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premium Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it.
everybody. It's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits here. I want to tell you guys about my good friends at the Postal Annex. They have a notary signing agent, on-site daily, no appointment needed, and they offer a full-scale of printing services from shipping labels to documents, business cards, banners, photos, and business signage. They're your passport service headquarters. They offer passport photos, and they can renew your adult passports. If you're traveling in a hurry, they can get those passports to you within seven days or less. Mailbox rentals with a physical street address, and they also receive your packages from Amazon, UPS, FedEx, USPS, and more. Here's the best part. If you're a Pushing the Limits listener, they have an introductory rate of only 39 bucks for a three-month service. You can't beat it. Give them a call. 702-873-8005. Check them out at 6130 West Flamingo Road. It's the Postal Annex. Tell them I sent you. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. Zenworld Premium CBD offers full and broad spectrum CBD oil, extracts, and capsules which are designed to help you feel your best. Their products are sourced from the best organic hemp and natural ingredients on the market and are tested for quality, purity, and potency. They have a full range of items from health and wellness to beauty to pets. Call 725-205-9223. Visit online at zinworld.com or stop by their location at 9895 South Maryland Parkway and Silverado Ranch Parkway. Mention KSHP for 10% off in-store or use code KSHP online for 15% off. Locally owned and operated, come on down to Academy of Hair Design located at 5191 West Charleston Boulevard, number 150 today to begin your career in cosmetology. There is something for everyone from cosmetology to nail technology. You will be able to have the hands-on training that is needed to succeed in this career field. Call 702-878-1185 or visit www.ahdvegas.com today. Welcome back to Pushing the Limits on a Tuesday. Thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate you being with us. As you know, if you listen to this show, I probably interview more Republicans than Democrats on this show, and that's the way I like it. I like to have good conversations. We had Amy Tarkanian in studio a few days ago. Good friend Amy's and, uh, of course, her husband, Danny Tarkanian. There's a lot going on in the world, and I'd like to hear, while it's okay to agree with people, I think it's okay to disagree with people, too, and have good conversations. And uh, today's certainly no exception to that. So, without further ado, the guy we have with us uh, in studio right now, he ran for Congress in 2018. He's the president of the Nevada Republican Club, and he's the former Clark County chair uh, as well. His name is uh, Dave Gibbs, and he joins us in studio. Mr. Gibbs, I really do appreciate you being here. How are you, sir? I'm good, Brian. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you being here. A lot to get to, but did I get your resume correct? Did you, I make any mistakes there? You got, <laughs> the, you, you got the recent important things. Good. Okay. And you've been involved in politics for how long? Uh, almost 20 years now here in oh, Nevada. Wow. So you've been doing it a long time. The political landscape, for lack of a better term, has changed a lot during yeah. Trumpism. Is that a fair statement to make? Well, not just Trumpism. It's changed in you know in the 20 years. I mean, look how much our state has grown. Mm -hmm. And in the process of that happening, yeah. you know, that's changed a lot of things here in Nevada. We've been, you know, people have called us a purple state, a red state, a blue state. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's gonna, it's swung, it's moved back and forth, and it's gonna, I think it's gonna continue to move back and yeah, forth. Yeah, and I would consider our governor, Joe Lombardo, a moderate Republican. He's not, I wouldn't call him a MAGA Republican, and I have friends of mine 
even Democrat donors that supported Joe Lombardo. So I think mm-hmm. Lombardo is going to be a fine governor. I'm not worried about that one bit. Let's get the Donald Trump stuff out of the way to begin. And then there's a lot of other topics I want to get to with you. We're going to talk about okay. the Israel-Palestinian conflict. I want to talk to you about gun control, health care. We're going to we're going to cover everything here. Okay. I'm going to assume, and tell me if I'm wrong, that, that you voted for Donald Trump twice. Is that a fair assumption? To I make? did. Okay, fair enough. Um, is it fair to say, because people criticize me and say, why do you talk about Trump so much? He's still the face of the Republican Party, is he not? He's the overwhelming favorite to be running against Joe Biden in 2024. Is that fair? Accurate? He's got a significant lead. That's for sure. That's for sure. What Look. do you make? This is your party. Okay. What do you make of the fact that this is a man that's facing 91 felony counts? He's proven to be a liable rapist in a courtroom. And then when you look at some of the biggest faces of the Republican Party that are running for president, most of them are asked, uh, will you support Donald Trump if he's a convicted felon? And they raise their hand and say yes. Now, I haven't asked you that question. You're welcome to answer it if you would like to. But what do you make of that? There are a lot of folks who like what he did while he was president. Now, our economy, feeling about America, our strength in the world, energy prices, we're energy independence for the first time in a long time. Uh, he, one of the comments he made was, I think the night he got elected, he said, the forgotten man is forgotten no more. And a lot of people that resonated with a lot of folks who felt that nobody listened to him. And so they glommed on to that. They like it and they still support that. And, and barring any, I, barring anything significant happening, I don't know how that's going to change. Would you consider what happened on January 6th significant? Significant from the aspect of the protest. I mean, everybody calls this an insurrection, okay? When you look at, go back to the revolution in the 1700s, that was an insurrection, okay? An overthrow of a government. This was a protest that I think got out of control. Um, I'm not a fan of what happened. I don't like what happened. I wish it hadn't happened. Um, I think some of the people who did some of the things they did should be, you know, get, should be tried and they have been and some will be now to question as to what extent were their trials, for lack of a better word, fair or you know, just. Uh, I think there's still some time for that to, to, to fall out. Uh, right now, there's a lot more politics involved in that than there actually is justice. Mm-hmm. And so that's part of it, too. Um, yeah, I think, like I said, I think it, it got out of control. It should not have happened. And I'm sad. I'm sad and upset that it did. Sure. As we both are. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate you saying that. Um, what I asked some Republicans is if Donald Trump didn't lie and say that the election was stolen, I think we would agree that, you know, I think you've said on the record that, yeah, Joe Biden's a free and fair elected president. Right. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but is that a fair, accurate? He was elected president. Uh, you know, you ever read Molly Hemingway's book rigged? I did not. Okay. Uh, there were a lot of things that were done to move the dial in his favor all across the country. In Joe Biden's favor? In Joe Biden's favor. All across the country. Like what? Um, well, up in Wisconsin where Zuckerberg went in and they put people into the voting office in Green Bay. In Green Bay. Uh, he spent over $400 million. Uh, there were other things that were done, voting laws that were changed in Pennsylvania by the court. Mm-hmm. Not by the legislature. The court just decided we're going to change the laws. And that was because of the pandemic, correct? Well, global pandemic. It was, it was an excuse. It wasn't a good reason. It was an excuse. You think they changed the laws and used COVID as an excuse? Oh, absolutely. They did that here in Nevada. They passed They passed the law in 2020 in the special session that created the mailing ballots. Uh, Isn't Donald Trump the guy who said don't do mail-in ballots? Isn't he well, the one that told his people not to do it? So wouldn't you well, blame you know, Donald Trump for that? Part of it is part of it is also, I mean, back in after I think it was 2004 mm-hmm. when George Bush was president, he got that commission to go to James Bacon, Jimmy Carter, James Baker and Jimmy Carter. Right. And they came out and said, you know, mail-in ballots are probably the most significant avenue for voter fraud and for questioning or creating questionable results in elections. I mean, and, and so if that's the case. Yep. Donald Trump had 61 opportunities, as attorneys did, to provide evidence of that. I'm an evidence-based person, and I would assume you are as well. There's no evidence of widespread voter fraud. I think we would agree on that. That could have overturned the outcome of an election. I think we also could agree every election is going to have its issues, right? Absolutely. And I have absolutely no problem if people want to make elections more secure. Are they uh, Fine. I have no issues with that at all. The issue I have is when Donald Trump continues to this very day 
lie and says he won the election in a landslide. And my question to you is this. If Donald Trump didn't do that the months before January 6th happened, and he didn't say he won the election, he didn't say Joe Biden cheated, he didn't say the Democrats cheated, and it was rigged, does January 6th happen? Well, don't know. You think it still would have happened? No, I think there still would have been people that would have been upset about it. I don't know what would have happened. I don't know what would have been different. Um, You know, there are a lot of questions raised. Uh, I've been reading some articles just in the last few weeks where they've talked Mm -hmm. about uh, some articles that have come out where they're finding things that that happened and people are starting to raise questions about it. You know, I I made a comment. I said, uh, I am not saying voter fraud. I'm not screaming voter fraud. Mm -hmm. But there's things like, for example, down in Fulton County, Georgia. Okay, where they just said, okay, we're done counting ballots for the night. All the vote, all the observers go home. They all went home. It's mm-hmm. on video. Mm-hmm. A few minutes later, they start pulling out boxes and running ballots through, and they're still continuing counting, even after they said they were done counting. What's up with that? Why wasn't that investigated? So there's, there are questions. There are things that need to be asked. Uh, and, okay, you know, so now, I, now yeah. is there evidence out there? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't have access to all that, so I can't, you know. So I'm not in the middle. I hear you. I think there's a difference between asking questions and saying the election is stolen. The front runner of your party has said the election was stolen. And that's where my issue is. Anybody can ask questions. But when things have been investigated and there's no evidence of widespread voter fraud, you have Republican secretaries of states and, and, and those kinds of people that are saying the election was fair. Everybody around Donald Trump including Bill Barr, his own daughter, members of his administration, said that the election was secure and you lost, Mr. President. And he still refuses to admit that and continues to lie about it. I guess that's where my problem is. And I would say to you, I would respectfully disagree and say January 6th does not happen if Donald Trump isn't lying. If he just wanted to raise questions, then I think that's fine. But that's why we have our courts. And mm-hmm. that's why he had 61 opportunities to, or at least his attorneys did, to present evidence, which, by the way, they were unable to produce. I'm an evidence-based guy, and I just feel like when we go to the My Pillow guy and Rudy Giuliani for answers and Sidney Powell, by the way, many of these people are now going to be testifying against Donald Trump. Meadows, another one. I guess what I'm trying to say is I think Donald Trump is full of crap. He's a liar. Okay. He never was leaving the White House. And I think that's why January 6th happened. And and I guess maybe that's where we disagree. But I put a lot of responsibility on Trump. I, you know, he didn't go in there and storm the Capitol. But when we heard people saying, hang Mike Pence, defecating on Nancy Pelosi's desk, 140 officers injured. Um, Donald Trump sat in the Oval Office, at least according to witnesses, for five hours and did nothing. I, I I'm, don't know the details on that. You obviously have looked at that more than I have. You know, and, and one of the things that, uh, you know, I still remind people that there are still people out there that think that the, the election was stolen from Hillary Clinton. Uh, there are people out there who still believe the election was stolen from Al Gore. So, you know, uh, they're not running for president anymore. So therefore, this issue is still not is understood you know, is, is not out there. So do you feel that's you know, a fair equivalency, though, because Hillary well, Clinton conceded the following morning and when Al Gore uh, exhausted all of his legal opportunities, he also conceded Donald Trump, as you know, will never concede the election. Well, then that's on Donald Trump. Right. And that's my point. <laughs> and that's on, <laughs> right. that's on him. You know, and 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 I'm not here. I, I, like I said, that's on him to decide. Yeah. And I understand that. Yeah. And I know you don't speak for Donald Trump. I, I totally get that. The only reason why I bring this stuff up is, like I said before, okay. he's still the front runner of the Republican Party, right? Yep. He's still the leader of your party, whether some people want to admit that or not. He still is, right? I mean, he's overwhelming favorite. DeSantis ain't going to beat him, okay? Nikki Haley, she's rising in the polls. And I do have some, res- certainly some respect for Nikki Haley. She's not going to be able to defeat Donald Trump. Now, with that being said, I think there are better candidates that would have a better chance to beat Joe Biden than Donald Trump. What are your thoughts on that? I think that a lot of the candidates that are running right now could beat Joe Biden. Uh, there's some polling lately that's been out there that shows that Nikki Haley for the last couple months beats Joe Biden in right. some national polls. Uh, it's neck, neck and neck between him and DeSantis, although the latest poll I saw showed Biden up for like one point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, yeah, there are – when you look at what the current president has going on and what's going on in this country, what's going on in this world, I think a lot of these, a lot of the Republican candidates could give him a really good run for the money and beat him. And I want to, uh, and in this hour, I want to talk to you about your criticisms of Joe Biden. It's not just going to be about me attacking Donald Trump. Well, that's good. And I want to, and I want, (laughs) I do want to talk to you about the Democrats and I want to talk to you about Joe Biden. 
But I do want to go back to something you said, because there's a lot of Republicans I talk to, like yourself, that say, well, here's why I voted for Donald Trump. I like this policy. I like that policy. Um, I want to go back to 2016. He ran on two major campaign promises policy. He said, we're going to build a wall and Mexico is going to pay for it. He built 16% of the wall and Mexico did not pay for it. Would you? And, and the other thing he ran on was... We're going to lock up Hillary Clinton. We're going to, I'm going to uh, assign a special prosecutor and investigate her. Not only did was she not prosecuted or indicted, he didn't hire that special prosecutor. So would you call those two things failed policies? Because he ran on those two policies in 2016, and as you know, mm-hmm. failed on both of them. Well, you know, the interesting thing right now is well, Congress passed and appropriated the money to build a wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, President Biden stopped it. It was in work. I mean, this is a big, long project. So I don't know how, I, you know, and the appropriations process takes a long time. Yeah, the whole part about Mexico paying for it, I think, you know, there was, there was, there was campaign rhetoric. There still is campaign rhetoric. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other part of it is that, uh, a few weeks ago, President Biden said, Hey, guess what? Uh, we're going to start building the wall again. And he's saying that. Well, you know, Congress appropriated the money, and by law, I have to spend it, and I have to build right. the wall. He was right on that. Yeah, and he was correct on that. He, he was not but able to— He was uh, not able to get it to stop. Right, but so he was telling is, the truth. He yeah. was telling—yeah, he was yeah. good on that. Yep. But the point is, is, yeah, okay, so he's still—the he, wall's still continuing. Now, how much further, how long this—you know, hard to say. We'll see what—you know, it's Would you hard consider to say that failed policy, though, when, when he says— Well, I, I, you know, policy is different from action, mm-hmm. Okay. And unfortunately, the action didn't match, wasn't able to match the policy. Right, right. The policy was still there. And I'm not going to sit here and say Donald Trump didn't do some good things. Yeah. But um, I feel like, and uh, and you correct me if you disagree with me. Okay. I feel like his hateful rhetoric in attacking women on looks or what he said about John McCain, I don't respect him because he was captured, basically attacking every single person that disagrees with him on something. And then the second that somebody doesn't kiss the ring of Donald Trump, he attacks them as well. I only hire the best people. Well, then why are some of the people that you hired testifying against you? Why did Michael Cohen go to jail? Why are all these people around you mm-hmm. convicted felons? Um, I mean, you know, that's just my personal opinion. I think if, uh, and I feel like there are some in the Republican Party that are afraid to speak out against Donald Trump. It would be interesting to have him in the seat and you ask him those questions. <laughs> well, I don't think he'd want to do that. Well, you know, yeah. It, and, and I mean, I can't speak for him. I can't answer that. Right. I am, you know, I'm not in the rooms. I'm not in the meetings. Uh, so I can't, you know, I think it would be uh, you know, pure opinion and speculation on my part as to what may or may not have happened and why or why, why or why not other yeah. people are doing it. And I don't think it's fair to, to them or to, you know, Donald Trump to sit there and go, this is, you well, know, your personal opinion. I know you don't you know, like Joe um, I know you don't like. The, yeah, go ahead. The part of it is that, you know, the, during his time as president, I think the, the biggest thing that I, uh, that bothered me was that re- some of that rhetoric. Sure. Okay. I think he mm-hmm. went to extremes when he didn't need to go to extremes. Mm-hmm. And I think that hurt him. And I think it cost him the election in 2020. I agree. I think that was the big thing is, you know, one of the things people talk about when somebody's running for president is, or thinking about who they're going to vote for unless they're, you know, if they're kind of fence it and going, am I comfortable with this person being on my TV every day for the next four years? Yeah. Well, that's the next question I was going to ask. And so, yeah. so the question is, am I comfortable with that? And I think some people said, you know what? I just, I'm just not good with that anymore. I think a lot of people are, are feeling that way. Yeah. And I agree. so, you know, that's part of the things. And it, it's one of the things that, uh, you know, I, I made a comment to somebody. I says, I think Donald Trump lost the election the night of the first debate. Mm. When he went out and attack, 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 and interrupt and interrupt and interrupt. The Mm. second debate, he was much more relaxed. He smiled. He was much friendlier. He was Mm. much more jovial, much more cordial, and a totally different opinion. By then, millions of people already voted. I think that's a good point. And so I think had he had that performance in the first debate that he had in the second Mm. debate, it might have been different. Hard to say. I think that's a very fair criticism. I think in that first debate, it was disgusting. uh, And he was better in the second debate. I agree with you. All right, last Donald Trump question, and then I want to move on to some other issues. But, okay. Uh, but um, I'm going to ask you the same question that those Republicans on that stage were asked. I know you don't like Joe Biden. I know you're a Republican. I get that. I know you don't like the administration. Understood. And we're going to talk about why. But if Donald Trump is a convicted felon, it could be one felon felony. It could be 91. If it is Donald Trump versus Joe Biden, who do you vote for? 
I'm not a big hypothetical kind of guy. I'm not big on ifs, just to let you know that. Um, I want to see a Republican in the White House. Joe Biden needs to go, period. So even if he's convicted of multiple felonies, you would well, still vote for him over Joe Biden? You know, as much as you dislike Joe Biden, and I understand. I, I dislike what's happening in the country right now. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. And it's not going to change with President Biden in the White House. Understood. It's that simple. I just, That's the biggest thing, you know, I mean, people here in Nevada are paying twice as much for gas than they paid f- four years ago. Do you blame Joe Biden for that? For gas I, blame, I blame his energy policy for that. Which energy policies do you believe are the reasons why gas prices are high in this country? Cutting down on domestic oil production. He's bringing oil. He's bringing in oil from countries that are not necessarily friendly to us. Um, the the money that the federal government has put out there is is created more inflation. The, you know, just printing the money and putting it out there and putting it out there has created inflation. Um, the regulations that they continue to push on both manufacturers and on distributors, uh, it, the cost of goods has gone up. I mean, all of those factors are a result of the economic policies of Joe Biden. You don't think some of those factors would be the war in Ukraine right now and the pandemic? The, uh, the war in Ukraine didn't start the energy problems. I mean, gas, gas prices, gas prices were already up high before the war in Ukraine started. Okay. Um, the pandemic, did it have something to do with it? Uh, I think so. I think, you know, the continuous how long things were locked down, the fact that we had all the lockdowns we had, I wasn't a fan of. But part of it is part of it is also, I believe, that uh, the general attitude of the federal government towards energy, towards oil and gas has let, <coughs> excuse me, has, has created some of the situations that we have with the price of energy today. Why is it then that the entire world seemed uh, after the pandemic dealing with inflation? and high gas prices were actually lower uh, as it stands than a lot of other places throughout the world. So if it was Joe Biden's policy, I'm just throwing out yeah. that question. Okay. Why is it that we've had gas prices and inflation throughout the world? That's the part that I, I, I struggle to understand. Energy prices throughout the world have always been higher. Mm-hmm. I mean, we you know they marvel at the fact of how inexpensive gas has been in this country. Isn't it corporate greed then? No, no, I don't think it's corporate greed. Then why are they making record profits in this country? Part of it is the fact that record prices, and part of it is, and that's part of it. Part of it is the demand has gone up since COVID. The demand has gone sure. up, so they're selling more. Sure, selling more gas creates more profit. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just that's just a fact of life. You sell any product, you increase the sales of any product, you're going to make more yeah, profit yeah. off of it. Listen, I'm so, all for lower gas prices. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. Yep. Uh, I think where we disagree but, a little bit is is putting the majority of the blame on the president of the United States, okay. who, who doesn't set the gas prices. But but I understand yeah. where you're coming from, and I think there's a lot of frustration in this country but and thr- he, throughout the world. He doesn't set the prices, but he he they have the ability in Washington to manipulate the market. And the manipulations that they have done have led to significantly higher gas prices. They weren't higher. They weren't higher. You know, look what they were four years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they came down when President Trump was in office. Yeah. Okay. What did he do? Look at his, his energy policy about the fact that we're going to open up. We're going to, you know, as he put, you know, the, what was the phrase back when McCain was on drill, baby drill. Okay. When he opened up gas production, when he, when he gave the, when he gave the market the ability to operate without, the heavy hand of the federal government on its shoulder. Yeah. Look I guess, what happened. I guess my point is, it, it, you know, when I talk about the pandemic, right, obviously Donald Trump did not want to have a global pandemic when he was president of the United States. It certainly didn't help his presidency. It no. doesn't It doesn't help Democrats or Joe Biden when gas is $5 a gallon uh, either. Joe, I don't believe Joe Biden wanted that any more than Donald Trump wanted a global pandemic when he was president of the United States. But let me ask you something about this. Um when I asked Republicans, you know, what do Republicans stand for today? I knew what Republicans stood for 10 years ago, five years ago, 20 years ago. And, and But today, and I'm not saying you do this, but mm-hmm. a lot of Republicans on the far right, when I see them on television or doing radio interviews, they're, they're talking about the same things that I don't think most Americans care about. They're talking about drag queen reading to kids. They're talking about gender ideology. They'll complain about Obamacare, but there's absolutely no replacement plans. So I ask you, does that frustrate you? Because I think most Americans, they want to talk about the economy or gas prices or inflation or health care. And I see a lot of these MAGA Republicans, because that's what I refer to them as, talking about drag queen reading and gender ideology. And I say to myself, why don't you get off those topics that most Americans don't care about and actually give me some solutions? Okay. 
Well, I think to some extent, part of it is that those are significantly emotional issues. Okay? Uh, and so they're the things that get people fired up. Why do people talk about them? Like I said, those are the things that get people people fired up. So that's part of the issue. I mean, no offense, and I, you know, I people ask me what what is your number one issue? My number one issue is the federal debt. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest national security problem for this country over the next thirty years. Who do you blame for that? I blame Congress and I blame the White House. I blame both parties. I blame the Washington government that has allowed that to happen. That doesn't have the spine to stand up and do what needs to get done for the American people to stop it. The only reason why I ask you that question is because Nikki Haley made a very good point on the debate stage uh, last month when when she blamed Republicans. And she actually gave the facts on uh, the proposals and Republicans proposing three, four times more money than the Democrats have. That's the only reason why I ask you that. No, like I said, I blame both parties. Neither party, when they've been in charge, has done anything significant about it. The last time we had a balanced budget was when Bill Clinton was president, Newt Gingrich was Speaker of the House. Right. Trump didn't do a good job. Neither did did Obama, neither did Bush, neither did, you know, neither did uh, Clinton. Well, Clinton did toward, you know, Clinton did for a little bit. And it's, but it's been an issue. It's never... You know, and, and to me, that is, you know, the number one thing. And I can't remember where I heard this or who said it. But, you know, I mean, you know, we've all heard the line, Margaret Thatcher's line. You know, the problem with socialism is sooner or later you run out of other people's money. Uh, I heard something or read something. And again, I can't remember who or where said, basically, we're looking at about 2050. Hmm. When we're going to run out of other people's money. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and now I'm not putting, a, you know. A marker on the table saying that's when it is. But the point is, is yeah. we cannot continue down this path. Mm-hmm. Sooner or later, somebody's going to say, you know what? I'm not buying it anymore. I agree with you. And, and I think we need to talk about this more. And I think uh, and I think yeah. it is incumbent upon Washington, because they're the ones who do it, to get a spine and do what needs to get done. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, both parties are blamed. Absolutely. What do you make of uh, the new GOP speaker, Johnson, that whole situation with Matt Gaetz uh, in finding a GOP speaker? And uh, again, I I do have some criticism for for Johnson um, in the fact that he's not willing to separate church from state. Uh, After the uh, mass shooting we had in Mm -hmm. Maine, and and, you know, we can get into gun control a little bit, but his response was prayer. We need to pray. Mm -hmm. And and, and, and I believe, and I always, by the way, I'm not an atheist. Uh, but I do believe that there has to be a separation between church and state. And when I see a guy like Johnson kneeling in the House chambers and constantly talking about prayer and how he forms his policies, that's clear. He only goes mm-hmm. by the Bible. I have a problem with that. I wanted to get uh, uh, your take on that. Did you have the same problem about people kneeling when they knelt during the uh, Floyd thing, when all the Democrats went out there and knelt? Sure. sure. Okay, so good. So here's the difference. Here's that, the, no, no, no. Let me answer okay. that. Here's the difference. That had nothing to do with religion. When they knelt... George Floyd was a symbol, and that mm-hmm. had to do with racial equality and the way certain people are treated when it comes to police. They mm-hmm. kneeled in solidarity. They weren't kneeling to God. And I can also tell okay. you that I don't believe that any politicians were changing policy because of their belief in God. That To me, that's the differential there. Okay. You're talking about the professional athletes who, by the way, Donald Trump called sons of bitches uh, for doing so. Uh, I would well. never use that terminology towards Johnson or any Republican. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't call them sons of bitches for kneeling because I just think that's blatantly disrespectful. I'm just saying well, I disagree with it. I think it's disrespectful for them kneeling, too. So, you know, it works both ways. But you wouldn't call them sons of bitches uh, for doing so. Tell me, why I, do you have a problem? Why did you? Let's talk about that. Okay. Why did you have? Why do you have a problem with people kneeling during the national anthem in solidarity for uh, racial equality? The issue. You know, not something I thought much about answering. Uh, part of the issue is that I, I look at it and say. Yes, this country has problems. This country's always had problems. We've had problems since before this country existed. This country will continue to have issues. This country, uh, racial issues in this country have existed since, again, since before this this country existed. Uh, The debates that happened in in Philadelphia during the Declaration of Independence, the debates that happened in Philadelphia during the time of the drawing of the Constitution, uh, the fact that we had a civil war on it, it took a civil war to eliminate slavery. All of the issues that have gone on with Jim Crow, Brown versus Board of Education, uh, all of the, the labor laws, all of the voting laws, all the things that have happened over the history of this country. I don't. I would be surprised if you find another country in the world that has gone through as much angst and as much uh, changing in its attitude towards people of different races than this country has. 
we are probably uh, among the most, if not the uh, biggest, uh, the biggest country in the world as far as mix of races and ethnicities. Okay, many many countries in the world are by and large ethnically or racially uh, homogeneous. Mm-hmm. Okay, a lot of them are. Uh, there are countries in this world that are significantly more racist or significantly more uh, uh, prone to take action against somebody. For example, in the Middle East, I mean, they, they throw homosexual people off roofs or they hang them. Correct. It doesn't happen in this country. Well, thank God. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, there are other countries in the world where, yeah, I mean, people of other races. I mean, look what's going on in Russia right now where they just had the protest and they ended up closing the airport because of the protesters out there trying to find out the sure. Jews that were coming in on the airplane. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not happening here. Thank God. But that doesn't absolutely. mean we're perfect. Well, no, absolutely. No country is right. perfect. No person is perfect. Right. I mean, why do you have a problem with a peaceful protest? I don't have a problem with peaceful protest. Isn't that what they were doing? Well, Kneeling? They, Isn't that peaceful? There's a different, I, I think it's the wrong, if you want to go, if, in the venue they were in, in the situation they were in, I think it was inappropriate. Now, if you want to go out and kneel outside football stadium when you're not at work, I have a then different animal. What if your employer tells you it's okay? I have a problem with the employer telling you that you can do it while you're working. But in the you, work, wouldn't in the take that, you wouldn't take that decision away issue. from the employer, though, right? No, no, I, I right. know that's, then the employer has to suffer the consequences. Look right. what happened with Anheuser-Busch with Bud Light. Look yeah, what's happening! Look what's yeah. happening with Disney right now. In fact, I was driving down here today, and they just delayed their Snow White movie for a year. Delayed production for it. they spent three hundred bucks, three hundred million dollars so far in a movie that they they haven't made. And distinct possibility is they won't make it. Right. I guess the distinction. So, and they are, but and they are suffering the consequences. And and well, the NFL, the NFL, the NFL has suffered the consequences. The ratings of it have continued to go up since kneeling. I've heard well, so many people say they're never going to watch the NFL again. In fact, that's the contrary. The ratings have continued to yeah, climb. Look at the NBA. Look at what the what's going on with the NBA. And well, the NBA done. regular season's a bad product. I don't but, think that. But is they've any- also they've also gone even further. Mm-hmm. They've gone significant in their in their actions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, I remember there was they were all happy. They had four million people watching the playoffs last or the the NBA finals last year or earlier this year. Well, mm-hmm. in nineteen nineties, they had. Uh, was it, what was the number? 70 million people. I would argue because the product was better in the 90s. It could be. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't watch because the Because if NBA. that was the case, the yeah. NFL ratings would not continue to climb yeah. and they've continued to go up. But I guess the distinction I'm trying to I make. I think people are more forgiving about yeah, the well, NFL than they are about the NBA. And I think the NBA has created situations because yeah. of Nike and China. But I guess, Mr. G- and that might be true. But yeah. I guess, Mr. Gibbs, the point I'm trying to make is this, right? There are Republicans in office today that have voted against gay marriage. Yeah. Uh, and they use their religion as being gay, as being a sin, to form policy. And I think there's a distinction between doing that and a professional athlete taking a knee during the national anthem. Um, I'm not saying I would take a knee during the national anthem. I went to Black Lives Matter protests, but I'm not saying I would do that. Okay. But um, it doesn't bother me either because I don't look at that as, oh, my God, they're desecrating our flag. They hate America. And some Republicans would characterize as that. And I don't mm-hmm. defend Colin Kaepernick either in a lot of situations because I think he's made a lot of mistakes with the pig socks he wore and wearing a shirt of Fidel Castro. I have not defended Colin Kaepernick. OK, I'm not yep. a Colin Kaepernick fan. However, if a professional athlete says, you know, I saw what happened to George Floyd. I saw what happened to Ahmaud Arbery. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to take a knee in solidarity. And, and if athletes, I guess that's where you do. I don't have a problem with it. I do All have right. a problem with people forming policy based on their religion well you know we've done that in this country throughout its history Mm -hmm. okay we have uh that is there have been people who have uh i mean it god's mentioned in our constitution god's mentioned in the in the declaration of independence uh Throughout our history, there, there ha- religion has played a factor to some extent, significantly less in this country than in many others. But it's still there. Our Judeo-Christian heritage is still, I mean, it goes back to even before people ever, you know, before people ever left Europe to come here or, you know, left mm-hmm. other parts of the world. So, you know, from that aspect of it, it always plays a part. Now, the fact is, you know, do some people wear it on their sleeves more than other? Yes. Do some, are some people more, uh, vocal about it. Yes. You know, and, and so when you look at it, but when you look at, let's, you know, Martin Luther King, the Reverend Martin Luther King, mm-hmm. the impact that he had on policy, right? And the fact that he was talking about religion and what the Bible had to say and the influence that that had on changing policy, you can't say that religion didn't have an impact on policy. 
And so, and, 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 and justifiably so, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's one of the things about it is, you know, and I don't think you can completely, you know, I, I, I agree, you know, the, you know, the constitution says that the government will not, uh, form a religion or prohibit the free exercise thereof. Right. Okay. Doesn't say you get, you can't, I mean, they still say prayers, Right. In the house, they say, you know, the president says, God bless America. I guess what I, so the, I, but I hear the point you. is, so the point is, is that, yeah. you know, and, and when you go into a job like that, you bring your values with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the fact that your values may be based on one type, one, one form of religion, you know, it may be based upon the, the yeah. denomination that you are, but you bring those values with you. And whether they're based on religion, whether they're based on some other aspect of your life, they're the things that made you who you who and what you are. You bring those with you. I hear you, and you and you cannot completely discount them. I and hear you should not. I hear you, and you make some very valid points. I guess where we might disagree is I don't consider it a value when you treat people differently because of their sexuality. If that's a value no. where you're a sinner because your sexuality is different than mine. My definition of that is not a value. It's called being a bigot. That's my personal okay. opinion when it comes to that. Uh, I want everybody to be treated as equals. And when, Mar- when uh, Martin Luther King, you mentioned, when we talk about we want us all treated as equals. We don't right. want to have to sit in the back of the bus. We don't want to have to drink from a different drinking fountain. Now, if that comes from religion, fine. But I just, as a human being, I say, okay, that's just a human value. That's a value. We want us all to be treated as equals. When I see people taking a knee, to me, that's a value. We want law enforcement to treat us equally, no matter what we look like. Do I think, by the way, I'm Um, pro-police. Our sheriff, I think he's a great guy. I want to be very clear on that. I like him too. The majority of police officers are heroes. I have them in studio. I am pro-police and pro-Black Lives Matter movement. I think we can, I think we can do both. But, um, let me, um, let me ask you this, because this is opening up a can of worms here. By the way, if you're just joining us, we appreciate him being here. Dave Gibbs, good conversation. He's the president of the Nevada, Nevada Republican Club. And in a few minutes when we take a break, I want to also, when we come back, give you the opportunity to talk about the club and how people can get involved and go okay. to your events. I know you just had Ron DeSantis, which which is great. I will talk about that. Um, you mentioned wearing something on your sleeve, and you reminded me of something, Mr. Gibbs. Um, we have certain members of office that have an A-plus rating from the NRA that literally wear on their jackets AR-15s as pins. Um, You know what took place in Maine. You know what took place in our backyard, October 1. Horrific. I think we all agree it's horrific, right? I don't hear a lot of solutions from Republicans when it comes to gun control. In fact, Ron DeSantis, who you just had at your event, has made it easier for people to get guns. Same thing with Governor Abbott. And I understand that a lot of Republicans don't agree with Democrats on this issue. I totally understand that. But what I want to hear is solutions and not the solution of we need to harden our schools or give kindergarten teachers guns. I haven't heard any real solutions from Republicans. So I want to get your thoughts on that. Uh, and by the way, some of those people that are wearing those pins besides George Santos have $25 million, one of them invested in a company that sells guns. Um, so I want to get your thoughts on that. Speaking of wearing things on your sleeve, what are your thoughts on all the gun violence in this country, and, and what do you think should be done about it? Boy, if I had the answer to that, <laughs> I'd be both very, very popular and probably very wealthy. <laughs> um, you know, there, one of the things in you know, Nevadans, one of the things about Nevadans is they're regardless of the political party here in Nevada, uh, Nevadans are very pro-Second Amendment. Uh a lot of the same, the same exists in a lot of other states. There are unfortunately, you know, in, in the case in Maine, there was a history of this man having mental issues. Mm-hmm. And yet the action was not taken. What is the action that's legally allowed to take? Uh, that's probably the debate that needs to happen and is going to, you know, needs to happen both in the halls of Congress and in the courts. Preferably in the halls of Congress, but you know the courts, it's going to wind up with the courts eventually. Where do you draw the line between someone's individual liberty and when the government has a right to come in and impact that liberty? I think that's a very good question. And that's, and that is a very good question. I can answer it if you'd like me to. Um, um now yeah. the question is when, when it, when it, when the, that person's liberty has the potential to impact somebody else. Right. Especially their life. Mm-hmm. Um, then yes, the government has potentially an obligation to look into that and to come up with something on the preventative side. Do you believe that assault weapons and AR-15s 
should be sold to regular everyday people like you and me. And now you, by the way, I want to mention this. You serve this country honorably. You're a hero. Uh, and I, and I should have said that to start oh. the show, which I, w- I will always respect your service to this country Thank so you. that idiots like me can go on the air and share his opinions every day. So in all seriousness, mm-hmm. I'm talking to someone who risked everything. You risked your life for oh. this country. And that's, and that's even more important why I ask you this question, because I know you're a second amendment guy and there's, and there's nothing yep. wrong with that. My only thing is I want people like you to be able to defend yourself and buy guns and, and protect yourself. I don't want to take your guns away. I just think of the assault weapons ban. And I think there's many things we can do to make it more difficult for crazy people to get their hands on guns. That's all. And, and I agree with that last statement. Crazy is you know, questionable. Whether crazy is the right term. Bad people. People with people have issues. But the question is, and this is the part where there needs to be that discussion between, you know, and I'm not the guy to give you the correct answer, but I believe that discussion needs to happen in a rational way between the people who make the laws, the medical people, uh, and whatever other entity they believe needs to be out there to, ha- to have that talk. Hey, I agree. what what do we do? What do we do? How could we have prevented this situation? So I How agree with we? you. And so, and so the question comes in is, you know, can you, def- can you prevent every situation that's ever going to happen? No, of course, of course not. not. I would never make that statement. The only, yeah. You know, and, and it's, you know, the, the other side of the coin, the Democrats are like, well, we want to take everybody's guns away. Well, first of all, it's not going to happen. Who said that? Well, find a Democrat. Find, you know, uh, give me one. Give me one. Uh, give me one. AO, prom- AOC has said she wants to take everybody's guns away. No, she never made that statement. Okay. Well, then maybe I've heard different statements from her than you have. Well, but no, the no. point, the point is, the point is, but this, is, impor- this, is, but this is the point is when they talk about gun control, they talk about taking people's guns away. Well, they talk about assault weapons. Well, they talk, no, they talk about more than assault weapons. Well, Okay, I mean, this they've is talked about more. This is true. They've talked about more than assault weapons. What prominent Democrat has okay. said they want to take all your guns away? That's a, that's because uh, I, I disagree. You with know, you. I I will admit I have not because it hasn't happened. Oh, I disagree. Being, it has. I so have you're saying Ocasio Cortez says she wants to no, take every gun away. She wants to take the people's guns away. And they, they she's go talking about assault weapons. Well, she's they've gone. She may not be the the only one. There are others that have gone. There are a lot of folks that talked about it. Okay. I don't taking know. people's guns away. I, now, the point assault is... Assault weapons. Yes, I agree with well, you. Well, even beyond assault weapons. They've talked about taking... Uh, where was it? And I can't remember where it was. But I hear Where this, basically they talk about... They've talked about limiting the sales or restricting the sales or taking away the sale. You know, people not being able to buy handguns. Okay? my But the point boils down to the fact that even if you say... Even if you know, you still... You're not going to take them all away. Ain't going to happen. There's 300 plus million guns in this country. I don't think that's country. the argument by Democrats, But even... Though. Well, I disagree. I've, I disagree with you on that. But the point is, is that that's not Joe Biden's policy. Um, he wants to assault weapons. Ban. Well, He's never you know, said he wants to take all your guns away. Step one. Let's take, you know, so you step think, one. But there was sure assault weapons ban in the early 90s. Yes. Vi- and the courts deemed it un- unconstitutional. Well, Republicans, Republicans allowed it to fizzle out. Uh, gun yeah. violence was down. I well, think, so you think you think it when Joe Biden says he wants an assault weapons ban, that will lead to all guns being taken I think away? It's step one. Okay. Well, you I, gotta res- start, I respectfully you gotta, disagree with you. On you got to start somewhere. Sure. I, I respectfully. I well, mean, it did and start. you look at you look at you look at the bans that some of the Democrats around the country trying to place on hunting. They're not trying to play. You know, why are they trying to place a gun? Because they don't want people out there hunting animals. Well, you they don't need. An, you're not going to allow to hunt. Then you don't need your well, gun. I don't think you need an yeah. AR-15 to hunt a deer. Well, you know, I agree with that. You don't need it's one. Absurd. You don't need one. You don't need a I mean, assault I've got weapon. A, I got a thirty out six. Okay. You know that that works just fine for if deer people hunting. People want to hunt, and you're doing but, it legally. I have no problem with yeah. that. I don't think we need assault but, weapons to defend ourselves. Well, you know, and part of it is that it, again that that discussion goes on and on. Mm-hmm. And if the law gets passed that assault weapons are not going to rephrase AR fifteens. Now, see, you know, there's different. What do you define as an assault weapon? Uh, I define an assault weapon as weapons that were used in the in the Sandy Hook shooting, in the October one shooting, but, in the shooting in Buffalo. Why is it always an AR fifteen? I know it doesn't stand for assault rifle. Why is that always the gun of choice? The shooter in Maine had an assault weapon. Why is it always that type what is, of weapon? What is the definition of an assault weapon? Well, I mean, these you know, types, you have a rifle. It's a different kind of rifle. An AR-15 is a different yeah. kind of rifle from a thirty well, six. I understand, and you okay. know a lot about this, and I respect and, that. And but so the question is, what is your definition of an is, assault weapon? Uh, the, these weapons, here's my definition of what an assault weapon is. The types of weapons that are designed to shoot as kill as many people as possible in a short period of time. And you I don't do believe... That, you can do that with a, you can do that with a 9mm handgun. Then why are they not using nine millimeter handguns? Why are they all using AR-15s? I'm not the guy. I, you know, you yeah. that I can't answer. But the so, point is, the point is the fact that the point is the fact that 
the definition of an assault weapon, okay, what is an assault weapon? That's one that we're, you know, people have a question about. Um, you know, let's put that aside. Multiple, multiple, you know, automatic fire weapons are prohibited. They've been illegal for, for decades. And again, I know and you're very so, knowledgeable when it comes to this stuff. So the serve. point, the point is, I mean, even the guy on yeah. October 1st did not have, a, a, you know, he, he did the bump stock, which gave him a quick Correct. rapid fire, but Correct. it was not an automatic weapon. Correct. Okay. So, so listen, I, as I bad know, as that was, I understand that, you know, you, again, so, you serve this country, yeah. you know, you, you're, you're very knowledgeable when it comes to the weapon. You've been trained on how to use them. Yep. And I get all that stuff. Okay. But with that being said, what I want to hear are solutions. And I and, and oh, listen, I have five or six different things that I think would work, yeah. and you might disagree with them. Yeah. But I think red flag laws need to be implemented stronger. I believe that it shouldn't be 18. It should be 21 to purchase a gun. I okay. think there should be some mandatory training. I'm not talking about 80 hours, but give me a couple hours on how to hold a gun and how to store it properly. We don't have any of that stuff either. You have to re-register your car. I know driving a car is a privilege. I get that. And then when I hear people talk about the Constitution, I say to them, did we have assault weapons when the Constitution was No, we had something called muskets. Technology changes. There's a reason why we don't have hand grenades. Hand grenades are illegal. Why are they illegal? Well, someone could make the point. I'm using a hand grenade to, to defend myself, to protect myself. No, it's not your Second uh, Amendment right to have, a, uh, to have that. Why? Mm -hmm. Because they're dangerous and they can kill a lot of people. I want somebody like you, especially somebody like you who served this country honorably, which I will always respect. I would never take that right away from you. All I'm simply saying is what many okay. Democrats would say is, I don't think we need some of these weapons of war that were not designed to defend yourself. They were designed to kill as many people as possible in a short period of time. I don't want regular everyday people. I want law enforcement and I want brave men and women in uniform to have those weapons. Okay. That's all. Okay. You know, the, the thing about it is, like I said, the, those weapons are modified to prevent them from being rapid fire automatic weapons. Mm -hmm. Okay. So to get one bullet, you have to pull the trigger each time. Now, and you know you've you've only got a certain number of rounds in the in the magazine. You got to replace the magazine, like I said. Uh, so you know a lot of that. Believe me, these are all abhorrent. Trust me. Mm -hmm. I mean, from Columbine, sure, up to Maine. Mm -hmm. All right, all of these mass shootings that happened, the school shootings. I mean, October first, they were horrific. They were abhorrent. So what should we do, um, Dave? What should well, we do? I'm not I don't have the answer. I will tell you that. I don't have that answer. Nobody has I shouldn't say nobody has there's no one person that has an answer. But I don't think the discussion is going on that needs to happen. Mm -hmm. I don't is. think we've got the right people because mm -hmm. uh part of it is that you know either A they don't want to deal with it because the solution is too hard. But maybe what you know, maybe we maybe you get some some people on both sides of the political spectrum. In hey, everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn, that true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at four six seven East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super. Hero, that is. Because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits here. I want to tell you guys about my good friends at the Postal Annex. They have a notary signing agent, on-site daily, no appointment needed, and they offer a full-scale printing services from shipping labels to documents, business cards, banners, photos, and business signage. They're your passport service headquarters. They offer passport photos, and they can renew your adult passports. If you're traveling in a hurry, they can get those passports to you within seven days or less. Mailbox rentals with a physical street address, and they also receive your packages from Amazon, UPS, FedEx, USPS, and more. Here's the best part. If you're pushing the limits, an introductory rate of only 39 bucks for a three-month service. You can't beat it. Give them a call. 702-873-8005. Check them out at 6130 West Flamingo Road. It's the Postal Annex. Tell them I sent you. 
Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. Hungry for the best barbecue in Las Vegas? Come out to the infamous barbecue and meat market, John Moles Meats and Roadkill Grill in Las Vegas. John Moles was featured on the Food Network's Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Now take home delicious meat selections for your grill, and while you're there, grab a bite of the best barbecue in Las Vegas. With two locations now at Tom and Gowan or on North Decatur, you're sure to find the perfect meats for your next barbecue or party. Find us online at johnmolemeats.com. Big Dogs Brewing Company, open 24-7, is an award-winning brewer, a full-service catering business, and a fun, smoke-free brew pub restaurant with a full-service bar, including over 35 craft beers on tap, 35 multi-denomination slot machines, the best gaming promotion, and a lively, dog-friendly outdoor patio. Big Dogs Brewing Company, 4543 North Ratchet Craig. Find out more at BigDogsBrews.com. Steiner's, the Nevada style pub, invites you to play the best tavern, kino, and video poker in Vegas. Promos are how we roll to so make the most of your gaming dollars here with us. Come play our proud partner gaming promotion, Fly Aviators Fly, and receive daily free play, bonuses, and more. With a chance to win awesome brand of prizes and big money for all the jackpots each week. It's not only great gaming that Steiner's Pub has, it's a 